morning, everybody. I'd like to read from Whispers from Eternity, prayers and poems by Yogananda to God, about God and the divine within us. This is called, I Will Hop from Eternity to Eternity. My gold gossamer astral body shining with a spark of immortality hopped, cricket-like, from one blade of existence to another. Thou hast clothed the barren soil of eternity with grass blades of many cycles of time. I will hop to them one by one, from one blade of pleasure to another, until I can leap to the safety of thy reassuring hands. With living threads of thy joy I was formed. I am happy to have danced my part in in this cosmic show, but I have done now with restless hopping. I would find rest at last in cosmic changelessness. Human lives, again, like slowly moving camels, plod ponderously over broad, sandy deserts toward the oasis of self-awareness. As developed beings, their astral bodies pass also from planet to planet. Only in thee at last do they find what they were seeking always. Lord, give me again the perfection of fulfillment in thy love of infinity. So again, welcome everybody and to all of you who are fathers, a happy Father's Day. And to all of you as children of God, uh, a blessing as well for that spark of the Heavenly Father and the Divine Mother who reside within us all. Great day and a great reminder. So our topic today is the eternal now. And those are words, aren't, they are not used a lot in, in present-day culture, maybe a little difficult to get our head around. But I couldn't help considering how, in truth, every time I enter into this temple of light, I feel like I am entering into the eternal now, that nothing else exists, Our gurus are present, the great ones are present, Swami Kriyananda's present, all of our guru bhais, even those who have left this plane. That energy, that combined energy of devotion, of dedication, of oneness, of communion, is a very powerful reality. And, And I do really feel like we dip into and touch that. Uh, just to come here, what to speak of opening our hearts in receptivity. Yogananda would oftentimes, well, all of our line of masters, all the great ones, but I'm thinking of Yogananda and just how oftentimes he would share that he was in communion with saints, with masters of all time. I mean, 
millennia ago, Jesus Christ, St. Francis, on and on, he would once in a while share those experiences, those uh, connections, even through a seemingly living physical body, and yet right here, right now, with these great ones. In his poem, God's Boatman, he said, I will come again and again to help all humankind from my home in all space. No barriers, no obstacles. In the autobiography of a yogi, we read of Lahiri traveling in a globe of light, a ball of light to Dasasamad Ghat in Varanasi to be part of a sacred meeting between Mahavatar Babaji and his sister Mataji. Just a miraculous account of beings on this plane and not on this plane, and simultaneously both, because in the eternal now. In the life of Rajasi Janakananda, at the end of his life, he had a vision of Yogananda coming to him, and all of the masters, Babaji, Lahiri, Yukteswar, and Yogananda in his physical body, lifting him out of his body, taking his hand, and together they flew around the world as far as India. Rajasi said they would hover above gatherings of people, and Yogananda would introduce him, Rajasi, to these people, I guess astral beings on astral planes, and to other spheres, and just again and again, countless accounts, and they seem extraordinary, they seem fantastic, and yet they're not just stories and accounts, they were real experiences in the eternal now, where there aren't barriers, there aren't walls, there aren't borders. You know, when the astronauts first left Earth's uh, orbit and were moving around out there in space in their little ship and looking back at the planet. What a different perspective. What a different view that is. And they marveled at it. And they looked at its beauty. They looked at the land. They saw the oceans, the swirling you know, clouds in the stratosphere and on and on. But reflecting on it, they saw not individual countries, not individual nations, not compartmentalized cities. They saw tributaries, rivers connecting all lands. They saw oceans embracing all lands and those waters mingling and everything exchanging, everything mixing, everything unified in one. A beautiful perspective. And we, we catch that glimpse Sometimes in this world, it's not an abstract, you know, grouping of words, the eternal now, but something that we can access and that we do access to varying degrees when we meditate, just as the reading highlighted that. When we go into meditation, when we come into that, our inner temple, we have that experience of the eternal now, our vision inwardly expands and our perspective expands with that and we feel and experience a reality very different 
than the material plane. Just. In the reading, it so simply highlights what we can do to access this reality. And it really brings it down to a simple, practical guideline for us. And the first of these is to simply believe that, you know, to know in our consciousness, I have God already. I am in God. I am made of God. I am made by God. That reality is within me whether I see it or not, whether I experience it or not, it's a truth that if I open to it, I will experience that. I had a very interesting experience in my, must have been middle, late teens, and I was at the home that I grew up in, and I was walking down the driveway, which uh, ran the length of the property to the carport and back to get in the car and head off somewhere. And I got about two-thirds of the way, and my whole visual in front of me morphed into blur, swirling colors, lights, no form. And I, seeing this, I I didn't freak out. I didn't have a spiritual grounding to, you know, help me in this moment. And it was a little unsettling, but, you know, it was just happening, and I didn't know why or what. So what I did was I just, in my consciousness, held to the familiar, to form, to matter, to what should be there. I think I could have missed an opportunity there. (laughs) But it remains a good teacher because as long as we're holding to what is familiar, what is comfortable, what is material, that the eternal now is going to elude us. It's not going to reveal itself because we're more comfortable with matter, we're more comfortable with form, we're more comfortable with the familiar. We have to make the eternal now, we have to make the meditative experience, the familiar, the comfortable, the desirable, and want to expand with that and into that. Many of you know uh, Garrett, who lived in the community here, Sylvia's husband, many years ago, no longer on this plane. But Garrett, at the end of his life, and it's what took him out, uh, had a brain tumor. And it was inoperable, even though they did pursue that avenue a couple of times. But at the end of his life, a friend shared with me what they were walking together And Garrett was having trouble, could no longer really connect up the thought with what he wanted to say. He could think something, but something else would come out different. And apparently, for his condition, that's very typical. You're just not connecting up thought and speech. And so Garrett was trying to say something and a little frustrated that it wasn't coming out. But what did come out and what my friend heard and shared with me was Garrett is a great lover of God. And my friend explained to me that sometime without that faculty, without that connection, 
we go, we default to what is a um, uh, regular or maybe habitual flow of thought. Very interesting. And it was a surprise. I mean, it was a revelation for us. We don't think about what each other's thinking all the time or whether we're, it may look like we're busy doing something or you know, active in the world or focusing on the job, but what's the underlying thought all the time that we carry around with us? And at least often enough for Garrett, it was Garrett is a great lover of God. And such an inspiring reminder for us to pay attention. Pay attention to what we're thinking, to what we're feeling, to how we're reacting, because whatever we're giving expression to the majority of the time, that's our default. That's our default. Sometimes, you know, you'll wake up and on the right side of bed and your thought is of Divine Mother and the Guru, and other times we don't. But the more we habitualize that association, that experience with the eternal now, with the great ones, with that consciousness that knows no bounds, we have the blessing in this life, many of us, if not this path, another, to have a guru. It's, it's, it just can't be described in words but we've been given by grace and our relative good karma proximity to a state of consciousness that is rooted, that is steeped in the eternal now. And just by being close to that, it's going to rub off on us. It's going to be ultimately our default state of consciousness The other thing, again, very simple guidance, is to watch where the gaze of the eyes is directed. And this isn't just something for newbies (laughs) in meditation. This is something that we need to be reminded of again and again as we meditate, as we strive to go deeper. I remember one time in a seclusion, being frustrated by being by restlessness and just not able to kind of get over that hurdle, over that barrier. And, you know, why? Why is it like this? When we put out the energy to meditate, when we put out the energy to take seclusion, why is it sometimes difficult? And instantly the answer came, If you're looking in that direction, then that's what that yields. You know, in other words, if you're not looking up toward the superconsciousness, then where are we looking? We're looking straight ahead, perhaps. We're in the conscious mind. We're in bodily awareness. And then our consciousness is going to flow in that direction. We're going to be disturbed by the body or preoccupied by some physical discomfort. Or if we're looking down, we're going to start, our consciousness will move into the subconscious state. Then we'll find ourselves dreaming about this and thinking about the past and wishing this and just you know, meandering around in this sort of dreamy, loopy, nowhere land. 
I've been there. <laughs> I've done that. And I've been meditating for decades. So you see that it, it's not, this isn't, it's simple guidance. Look up. But it's something that is going to continually support us throughout our journey in meditation, in developing an inner life. And in this reading when, uh, that Ananta read, it's, it's an excerpt from Autobiography of a Yogi. Yogananda is asking Yukteswar, when shall I find God? You know, avatar to avatar, already so many deep, profound experiences. And Yukteswar says to him, you have found God. And Yogananda says, no, no, sir, I haven't found God. <laughs> and it's just, a, it's a marvelous account. Yukteswar says, I see that you're equating miraculous powers with divine experience. But God is ever new joy. And God is the guidance that we receive. These two things, he said, we can see our own progress. We can observe our progress. Do we have more joy? Do we feel more joy? And where is this guidance coming from anyway? You know, we need to give credit where credit is due. It's God flowing through us. It's God answering our prayers. If we pray for guidance, if we desire guidance, you know, not, not necessarily it's going to come in a particular way or in the way we might on an egoic level like it to be, but it is going to come and it's going to be the best guidance and it's going to be the highest guidance. Yukteswar said the appropriate the adequate response to every difficulty. Joy and the adequate response to every difficulty. And we can see that in our lives. Those, that's an energy and a consciousness that is flowing from the eternal now, in the eternal now, in the consciousness of the masters, and to the extent that we attune to it in our consciousness as well. I wanted to uh, read here from, uh, this is a quote from The New Path I've always loved very much, and uh, I think it's relevant here. Not very long. Swamiji writes, Samadhi is not something we have to acquire. We have it already. Master added, Dwell always on this thought, and eternally we have been with God for a short time, for the fleeting breaths of a few incarnations. We are in delusion. Then again, we are free in him forever. Very beautiful, because again, as I said earlier, we tend to put these things way out there, so far in front of us, sometimes we can't even see them or see how the connection is made. Yukteswar said to Yogananda, also in Autobiography of the Yogi, he said, Yogananda, tell all. At this moment, Yukteswar had manifested himself, resurrected himself after his passing from a physical body, 
he appeared to Yogananda in flesh and blood form. And he said, tell all Yogananda, when you experience the state of Nirvikalpa Samadhi, you will be able to draw, to, to pull in this manifested physical form. You will be able to be with me on the astral, subtler astral planet of Hiranya Loka. I mean, just a fantastic uh, promise for every single one of us. And while we can't, I don't think most of us, any of us can claim at this point, Nirvikalpa Samadhi. Yukteswar isn't just throwing this out for people who experience Samadhi only. We're the family. We're the guru bias. We're the disciples. He's putting this out for every single one of us that we can access the eternal now. Tell everybody, Yogananda, this isn't a secret. It's not just for a few. Tell all. And so when you sit to meditate, take the time. You know, you've only got so much time. You've got other things to do. But really try to make that initial connection and feel that expanded sphere without limits, without divisions, without walls, without barriers, and feel yourself in the company of all the great ones, of all of our gurus in the eternal now. It's yours, it's your experience. There's joy in the heavens, a smile on the mountains, and melody sings everywhere. The flowers are all laughing to welcome the morning. Your soul is as free as the air. Are all laughing to welcome the morning. Your soul is as free as the air. Leave home in the sunshine, dance through a meadow, or sit by a stream and just be. The lilt of the water will gather your worries and carry them down to the sea. The lilt of the water will gather your worries. And carry them down to the sea. Men hunger for freedom, but don't see their dungeon. It's only the thought that they're bound. Desires are their shackles, the hope that tomorrow the door which is joy will be found. Desires are their shackles, the hope that tomorrow the door which is joy will be found. There's joy all around us Why wait till tomorrow We've only this moment to live A heaven within us is ours for the finding A freedom no riches can give A heaven within us is ours for the finding A freedom no riches can give There's joy in the heavens a smile 
stars are all laughing to welcome the morning. Your soul is as free as the air. The flowers are all laughing to welcome the morning. Your soul is as free as the air. The flowers are all laughing to welcome the morning. Your soul is as free as the From the depths of slumber as I ascend The spiral stairway of wakefulness I will whisper, whisper God, God, God Thou art the food, and when I break my fast Of nightly separation from thee I will taste thee, and mentally say God, God, God Where I go, the spotlight of my mind will ever keep turning on thee. And in the battle din of activity, my silent war cry will be God, God, God. Boisterous storms of trials shriek And when worries howl at me I will drown their noises Loudly chanting God, God, God When my mind weaves dreams, dreams With threads of memories On that magic cloth will I emboss Every night in time of deepest sleep When my peace dreams and calls joy, joy My joy comes singing evermore
in waking, eating, working, dreaming, sleeping, serving, meditating, chanting, divinely loving. My soul will constantly hum, unheard by any. Sing with me. God.